Remember in 2011, when Harold Camping predicted the end of the world and the coming of Jesus? People around the world were giving up their jobs in order to prepare for the second coming. In the midst of this news story, an international evangelist publicly challenged Camping by offering $100,000 for Camping's multi-million dollar family radio network. Imagine that. Two evangelists, one date setting and the other mocking the first. That's pretty much a lot of Christian media these days. Fantastic stories and even more fantastic predictions and the mocking of the other guy. 1 Thessalonians 5 verse 8 is great advice. We belong to the day. Let us be sober with the breastplate of faith and love, wearing the helmet of hope of salvation. Notice Paul says sober, not somber. The end times isn't about scaring people into line or mocking them into belief. It's about readying and rejoicing for the homecoming with faith and love for all, even the ones who don't get the dates right. I'm Andrew Campbell, and this is Sabbath School University. Offering information for your mind. Enabling transformation for your heart. Sabbath School U, a weekly dialogue exploring God's Word and its application for today's world. Welcome to another episode of Sabbath School University. Here we have three guests, wonderful guests, um, who've all been on the show before, and I'm going to invite you to remind our viewers what your name is and something interesting about yourself. Um, I am Ryan Hodgins, and uh, I love hockey, and so I'm looking forward to the coming hockey season. All right. I'm Rethi Mills, and I'm currently training to be a speech-language pathologist. Excellent, excellent. My name is Tyler Coleman, and I'm going to be speaking a little bit about my current vocation, but I used to be a cherry picker. I would pick cherries at a local farm as my job oh, when right. I was a teenager. All right. Did you pick the high ones? Uh, they usually got me to pick the high <laughs> ones. Yeah. How tall are you? 6'4". Uh, All right. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, on that note, <laughs> I'm going to invite you to pray and read our key text, and then we get into the lesson. Sure. Our key text is found in 1 Thessalonians uh, 5, verse 8, and you mentioned it in your introduction. Mm -hmm. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love, and as a helmet, the hope of salvation. Mm -hmm. Let us pray. Dear Lord, thank you very much for bringing us here today that we can study your word, uh, that we can talk amongst fellow believers. And Lord, we can just look forward to the day of judgment, to that final decision-making day where after that there are no more tears and we will live in eternity with you. Be with us. Help us to convey the message that you would have us speak. I pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So this, this week we're talking about final events. And uh, when you think about final events in biblical terms, uh, the judgment comes up. 
what kind of emotions, what kind of thoughts, what kind of feelings does that stir in you when you hear the judgment? I know for me, um, a judgment is not something that I'm fearful of, um, either an earthly judgment or uh, the final judgment from God. Okay. The earthly judgment because that's my job. I, uh, I work as a lawyer. All right. <clears throat> my, uh, my lovely wife helps with this show and has invited me to, to come on. She thought this would be a good one for me to do. But I know the effect, the judgment, uh, that an, uh, somebody looking forward to a trial and a judgment, um, I know the effect it can have on somebody. I've, I've had trials where it was for a nominal amount of money. It would, wouldn't even affect the person. Okay. But the thought of being in front of a judge, mm -hmm. of, of pleading your case, of having one side win and one side lose, it caused her such problems that she went into the hospital, and this was oh, this wow. was in the preliminary procedure. This wasn't this wasn't like at the at the actual trial itself, but it would mm. cause it caused her so many so much stress that she actually had to go to the hospital um, to be treated for uh, the resulting symptoms from what the stress was doing to her. It was that's incredible. It was yeah, and it's terrible, and that's it's one of the factors that uh, when a client comes to me, it's it's actually explaining yeah. what the procedure is and trying to gauge whether they are going to be able to handle it. Um, so you're not afraid of the judgment, but other people happen to have that fear. I'm, I'm not afraid because I've, because I've been there before, because okay. I, I, I know, uh, you know, at the end of the day, yeah. what it is. And, and uh, in terms of God's judgment, the more you understand, the more we understand about God's character and uh, about his plan, it, uh, it takes away that fear for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I just, uh, for a long time, I've, I mean, and when I go into a court of law, I am afraid of the judgment, but um, the judgment in heaven or from God actually excites me hmm. because it makes me think here is the chance for Jesus to step in for me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if Jesus is stepping in for me, how can I lose? If I want him to step in for me, I mean, it's going to go well for me. Okay. okay. I think coming from the outs, um, a different um, standpoint, which I personally agree with them, yeah. but if you come in from a different standpoint, many people, many people, as you said earlier, are terrified, terrified absolutely yes. terrified of the judgment because they don't realize, as you said, that Jesus steps in and becomes their advocate. Mm -hmm. He's not only the judge, but he's also the advocate for mm -hmm. them. And because they don't realize that aspect, they're terrified of it. They're not looking forward to it. Yeah. It's just yeah. like my clients don't realize how good I am. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got Tyler on my side. <laughs> no, now, Christ, Christ is a much better advocate for sure. Yeah. Now, now, I'm going to throw, throw another question out here because um, I, I understand, yes, having Jesus as your advocate, as the judge, as your lawyer, as everything mm -hmm. is great. But what if you're fearful in a sense of even Jesus because you're thinking, well, I'm not living up to the standard mm -hmm. that I should be living up to. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I do have something to fear. Talk about that a little bit. Well, if you look at Jesus, if when you as a Christian have decided to give your heart to Jesus, mm -hmm. he promises to cleanse it and to take all of that, all that sin away. And he promises to make a new heart for you. So if you have had that, that um, time where you've said, Lord, please just take my life. And that's all you have to do is say, mm -hmm. Lord, take, take what's inside of me that isn't good. Take it out 
Mm-hmm. And he'll take that. And then you can, you don't have to fear. Okay. So then you're saying it's not our job to bring ourselves up to the standard that Never. he's expecting us yeah. to. So then how does how does Jesus take care of that? I mean, you know, uh, my understanding is like the Bible says in Romans, uh, I believe it's chapter 9 or 10. I think it's chapter 9. He says that if anyone believes in me, um, let's just turn there. Let's go to Romans chapter chapter uh, nine okay it just says it's it's such a wonderful uh promise that anybody can be saved really and all you have to do is believe and confess Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. in romans chapter nine and verse nine and ten uh or sorry chapter ten my bad says that if you believe in your heart I'm sorry, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Mm. So just confess and believe. I mean, that's a pretty good promise. And, you know, I'm not worthy to be covered, but Jesus has basically said that he's going to cover me. All right. So then in that light, then the judgment can be good news because it's not dependent on your inherent good qualities or sinlessness but really it's dependent on jesus and when we surrender our hearts to him he changes us to become in his likeness so we okay. can be there all right and it's, it's an exciting thought yeah and I think, know, oh, <laughs> with uh with the judgment uh you know we think of it as you know because we live in this world of a court of law and how most times there's a winner and a loser. Mm-hmm. And and there that's what brings about the fear is that you're going to be proved wrong. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes it's just even being questioned. Even the even the thought of um, of being questioned on the stand can mm-hmm. be just can just be um, debilitating yeah. for people. Mm-hmm. Um, the thought that they're going to have, you know, in this final judgment. There's a, I think there's a belief in the world that even those who have somewhat of an understanding that, okay, God's going to take uh, my sins away. Some, some people don't have that belief at all, and they, mm-hmm. think, you know, they think that they have to work towards salvation. But there's also people who, even if they have that understanding, are going to think, okay, I'm going to, you know, God's going to know everything that I did, or the people who are there at the judgment are going to know everything that I did. And that terrifies them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's, there's a number of different aspects of it. I think that that can really scare people. Mm-hmm. And, and the way that it's presented a lot of times is mm-hmm. that it's mm-hmm. something to be feared when, when it's not. No, I think you're almost leading into the very next question. Cause this week's lesson talks about two sides of the judgment. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk about that a little bit. What, is, what does that even mean? Well, if you look in Matthew 25, it talks about um, the right side and the left side. Okay. And it says in um, chapters 25, verse 31, and it says, When the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the holy angels with Him, when He will sit on the throne of glory, He will gather nations. And then it continues and it says, He will separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep. And he will set the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. Mm. And he then goes on to describe uh, why he chose the ones he did. And going a little bit off of what we were talking about okay. fearing the judgment before, we were just reading earlier in uh, Psalms, 
uh, chapter 23, and it's talking about the Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And he's, it talks here about how, you know, um, he will take them as a shepherd, put them on the right and the left, That's right? right? Mm. And something that is exciting that we don't have to fear, it says the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He's going to lead me. And if we have chosen him to be our shepherd, we don't have to worry about being on that left side. All right. So there are two sides, but we don't have to worry about it if he's our shepherd. Okay. So then one side should be feared. Yeah. And the other, we should, what? Rejoice. Oh, oh, all right. Yes, that's right. So it's, I okay. Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> <laughs> Praise God, I'm, I'm going to be in heaven with yeah. you, right? Right. right? I think that uh, that uh, visualization of, of a shepherd, of the good shepherd, is, is something mm-hmm. that I, I've just not thought about a lot. I thank you very much for bringing that out, you know, mm-hmm. that... That at that point, it's not going to be a booming condemnation for those who have chosen uh, Christ as their shepherd. It's going to be a leading to mm. heaven and eternal life. Yeah. You know that it's 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 going to be come with me. This yeah. is you know all of this yeah. is over now, yeah. and that it's it's something that is very much something to look forward to. One of the illustrations that I like to think about when talking about the judgment is the illustration of someone who is on death row. Because if if you are on death row and you get a message that you're going to be judged, your case is coming up for maybe a retrial or something, that can only be good news for you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because there's was, there was no hope for you. You, you, were, you were going to die. But now you're going to be reconsidered. Mm-hmm. And in a sense, we're all condemned to die because the wages of sin is death, death Romans 6, 23. Mm-hmm. And, and so we're all condemned to die. But then now this judgment is coming up and is saying, hey, let's take a second look mm-hmm. because now we're going to introduce Jesus into the picture and his blood is going to mm-hmm. cover those who choose him. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I just love that, that illustration yeah. you know, because then you can really see the beauty of the judgment. Mm-hmm. I mean, wouldn't you just like you were, you're saying, I mean, if you just picturing yourself, if you were in that situation mm-hmm. where you were on death row and your case had a chance to come up again mm-hmm. and you could possibly be set free. I mean, how exciting would that be? Just the chance. Yes. You know, yeah. just the chance. Okay. Yeah. I've never, yeah, I've never heard it explained that way huh. before. That's fantastic. Now, um, talking about the, the times and the seasons, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 1 to 3, and, and Acts 1. Um, what is that talking about, the, the meaning of the times and the seasons? Maybe just uh, we'll turn to, because we're going through Thessalonians a little bit, but let's first turn to Acts 1, okay. uh, 6 and 7. Yeah. <clears throat> Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put Mm. in his own authority. Mm. I think uh, times and seasons is a way of describing um, God's timing and God's plan um, in relation to uh, the second coming and and the judgment. Uh, You had mentioned in your introduction how people... And people have been trying to do it for, for, you know, forever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Trying to say this is when it's going to end. Mm-hmm. This is the time when, you know, the judgment is going to happen. And over and over and over again, if, because it hasn't happened yet, mm-hmm. um, there are people who are disappointed. Yeah. And they're 
proven wrong. And the Bible says that you're not going to know the time or the place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's more so stop asking those questions. You know, you don't know what God's timing is. Mm-hmm. Enjoy the things that he gives you. Enjoy the promises. Enjoy the, you know, and look forward to this. But, you know, don't live for a specific date because you're not yeah. going to know it. You know, that that just brings up a point that I was just thinking about. You know, we're coming close to the end of 2012. Yeah. And there's a whole lot of people out there that are going, oh, no, the world's going to end and yeah. it's going to be a disaster. But we, knowing the Bible and what God promises us of his coming, we don't have to fear that mm-hmm. because... Uh, if we turn our lives to Jesus when he does come, which will probably not be that day in that way, you know, this whole broad topic. But yeah. when he does come, you know, if we choose to have him sit in as our lawyer, it's going to be a joyous occasion. For sure. And I think something off of that is if we're living our lives every day as though this were the day that Jesus is going to come, mm-hmm. then we never have to fear about, oh, dear, it's going to come this specific day mm-hmm. or this thing. We need to be living our lives as though Jesus was coming today. Yeah. yeah. So that we can be prepared when he comes. Because if we're not, we, we won't be prepared. Yeah. So so then, in a sense, now, we're, we're talking about our own personal disposition and attitude towards Jesus' second coming. Mm-hmm. Now, that takes us into our next question, you know, because Paul talks about our own disposition. He says, you know, the, the, how we should be as believers, how, how we should, the mindset that we should mm-hmm. have. He says that we should be spiritually awake. Now, what kind of characteristics would you describe as being compatible with being spiritually awake? Well, I think, uh, you know, in, in my experience, when I didn't know God in my life um, and I was doing everything I could to run away from Him, I was grumpy all the time. I was angry at the world. Okay. I, you know, I... Uh, I fought goodness, Mm -hmm. but when I came to know Christ, my life changed. And people have even told me that knew me before, they've told me, wow, Ryan, there's really been a change in you. And I think that you should be able to see a character change because if we accept Christ into our lives, he changes who we are. Mm -hmm. And um, if we let God change us, you know, we should be showing his characteristics in our lives. Mm -hmm. And I think when we do that, when we can see that in someone's lives, we know that they're spiritually awake and that they're looking forward to the soon coming of Jesus. Yeah. If you just look in the New Testament where it talks about the the fruits of the Spirit, in multiple places it it talks about different things that are descriptions of um, people who are spiritually awake. And you see godliness, goodness, um, all of these different things. And when you have that um, gentleness, peace, when you're in love with Jesus, you're going to have those things. Mm -hmm. And I know, as he said, you know, when I'm not committed to Jesus, I know so many times I'll just latch at my brother. We live together because I'm going to school currently. And (laughs) sometimes I'll come back and I won't have had my devotions that morning. (laughs) And boy, oh boy. And he knows that he'll be like, Ruthie, have you had your devotions this morning? Uh Have you had your talk with Jesus? I'm like, no, I haven't. And it comes out. And But then the days when I know I've just had that day, just time to connect with Jesus. He knows that he'll be like, you know, Ruthie, I, I really see a change in you today. And so people should be able to see those, those fruits coming out. You know, I think, uh, you know, you see like 
how you relate to people, you know, and I notice it too, just like you're saying, when I don't do my devotions in the morning, when I'm not up and eager to spend time with God, it affects me through the rest of the day. And so it just shows how if we're living with Christ, our whole life every day is affected by it. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that also helps us to be better witnesses as well. And, you know, since I know that God is coming soon, I think that I should be willing to share that and Mm -hmm. to be a witness. And that also, I think, testifies that we are um, spiritually awake. You've you've mentioned uh, two different things that I've been dealing with lately of being grumpy at times and being (laughs) selfish at times Mm. um, in the fact that I'm uh, recently married. And, uh, and you shouldn't be grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I definitely shouldn't be, but I, I, I find, and it's, it's, it's been throughout life, but now it's more apparent because I have somebody to remind me point of the fact that it's, you have to point it out. Um, but, but when I, when I do find myself uh, getting away from my devotions, from not, mm. uh, from not sharing with other people what Christ has done in my life and, and becoming self-centered, um, instead of, instead of recognizing what what christ has done Mm -hmm. and just in recognizing it you have to share it there's Mm -hmm. no way to not share it like you you were mentioning um how how the difference from when you weren't a believer to when you were and i've had the same thing Mm -hmm. i was i was in a life of hopelessness and and christ brought me out of that and in sharing it with other people um that's something that brings back that first love yeah um to Christ, which is is so important to to me as an individual, to my relationship with God, and then my ability to be um, spiritually awake in in the sense that I'm going to be sharing it with other people. You know, just the effect that Jesus has on our lives is so important. And, um, and the, the conversion process, the the fact that he changes us Mm -hmm. um, is so important. Um, Along that same theme, you know, justification by faith alone, the, the whole plan of salvation. Um, why is an understanding of justification by faith alone crucial to a clear understanding of uh, last day events? Well, you know, I think it, it comes down to us uh, being fearful of the judgment as well. Like, if you uh, look at the last, if you look at... Uh, justification in a way that you have to work. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm not perfect enough. I'm not good enough mm-hmm. to be saved yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, then it goes back to the judgment being fearful because you don't see that anymore. And I think to feel like your comfort, to show that you have that hope, mm-hmm. um, to be covered in Jesus and to know that we're covered in Jesus and to have that mm-hmm. peace changes that the way we look at those things. Mm-hmm. And so I think that we can have hope in the justification by faith. And that doesn't, of course, that doesn't mean that we don't have to strive to be better people, but we need to let it be Christ doing it in us. Okay. Um, so, I mean, that's, you know. I, I go back, sorry, um, to uh, your analogy of somebody on death row. Mm-hmm. And, and I really, I really uh, appreciate you bringing that forward. And, um, that would be the case if somebody's on death row, just the thought of having another chance of, yeah. of having a judgment. First, the realization that everybody's on death row, mm. that we've all, you know, that the wages of what we've done in our life is, and because we're sinful, is death. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we have another chance that there's going to be a judgment, that should bring about a little bit of hope. Yes. But then to know that 
you're you're about to go there just imagine you're going into that judgment and all of a sudden jesus comes in and says listen here's what's going to happen you are guilty i recognize that i'm never going to mention it again and i'm going to take your place mm-hmm. i'm going to be your lawyer i'm going to be the one who's the decision maker so this is this is set mm-hmm. i'm going to take your place on death row and you're going to live forever mm-hmm. yeah. Amen. That, that's it's just it's it's unbelievable, and that's and that's what happens. I just got goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> it's an exciting thought. One of my um, heroes, uh, who I really look up to, Martin Luther, he talks about um, how his experience from where he was really struggling with trying to figure out um, how he could um, have peace in his life. Yes. And he tried all these different things. He tried uh, starving himself. He tried hurting himself. He yeah. tried all these different methods, and none of them worked. And then he realized that it was by faith alone that he could have this peace that he wanted and this, yeah. this, this internal conflict would go away because yeah. he realized that, that was, it was mm. his faith in Christ. Because all of us, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've yeah. all gone our mm-hmm. own way. But God himself, he laid upon himself the iniquities of us all. We can't do anything about that. Yeah. He did it for us. Yeah. We're, we're, we're about to wrap up and we're about to close, but there's this one last question that I want you to answer in very concisely. I'll give you each, each a chance to answer. How, right now, are you ex- um, expressing a sense of urgency in your life in, in the, just in looking forward to the second coming of Christ? Uh, I think for me, I just, like you're saying, you got to live like you're on death row. Mm-hmm. you got to okay. live like it's, I mean, Jesus could come tomorrow. He mm-hmm. could come tonight. He could come the next day. You know, mm-hmm. we don't know when Jesus is going to come. Mm-hmm. And so we have to have this urgency and be ready, yeah. always mm-hmm. be ready. And I think that that makes it so that we need to tell other people too. Yeah, for sure. Um, I originally was going into education, and you learn from education that the best way to um, do something, to learn something yourself is by teaching it. Okay. So one way that I keep myself in the sense of urgency is by sharing what Christ has done in my life and that Jesus is coming soon and it's such an exciting experience. So I like to share that with others mm. because it helps me too. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that sense of urgency, um, it, it comes and goes. And I think, uh, you know, people coming on the show are people that have it all figured out. Um, you know, the people who are watching... Uh, this don't have it all figured out either, but um, it's it's a reminding yourself that uh, that it is urgent, that Christ is coming soon, and uh, and being unselfish about it, sharing it with other people. Great, great. I really enjoyed discussing this topic with you. If you would like to contact us, please visit our website at www.sabbathschoolu.org. That's www.sabbathschool. The letter U. Remember, the goal of Bible study is information and transformation. It's for the head and for the heart. For Sabbath School U, I'm Andrew Campbell, and we'll see you next week.